0: I'm bored. What plaything
1: can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty.
2: The inhabitants refer to it as the Hellbeam Power Hour. hour. <laughs>
3: Welcome to episode forty-five of the Hell Ming Power Hour, where we like to take you and put you in a time machine and take you back to possibly your favorite movies of the time. Maybe not your favorite movies. Uh, what else do we do, Danny?
4: Well, you know, other than bring nuggets of wisdom to people who want to see great movies, we we also uh, do skits and songs and have lots of fun. Sometimes I put my hands together like this. You know, we,
3: we bring nuggets. <laughs> Hail
4: <laughs> No, no But just like you said We take you back in time to some of the Best movies of the 80s, the 70s The 90s, the aughts Just anything that's been made in the past is game for us to do in your future.
3: That's right. We've had a request for this movie for a while now, which will be Buckaroo Banzai, which, uh, you know, I saw quite a few times back in the day. And uh, through the revelation of all this, it's amazing when you go back to visit some of these and there's so much that you forgot about the movie. Or, kind of like what Danny was saying, uh, you kind of just kind of skipped it the first time around and never really got into it. So I think he had fun revisiting this too, right?
4: Oh, absolutely. I I was talking before we began recording and saying that um, this was one that I gave a little bit of time to and maybe I was distracted or maybe I just wasn't in the right mood. But I'm so glad that I was able to revisit it, and now I can I can enjoy it because it was certainly a, a lot of fun.
3: Absolutely. So let's talk about the 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 elephant in the room real quick. If you guys have been noticed on the Facebook page, there's been a little spat going on. Which again, if you saw if you listened to the last episode, we were kind of drugged into it unwillingly. But uh, you know, with a, a certain little show, little sops <coughs> that uh, you know just decided to, to to pick on little old Ming over here minding our own business yeah but uh you know
4: we're just putting on quality content for you and and what are they going to do they're going to come try and jeopardize that i don't think that's fair
3: so uh you know sometimes you have to be the bigger man and just say you know we're we're over all that we're not going to deal with that so so that's kind of what we're saying right now so we're kind of over all that with that being said our show always has sponsors and uh, it's always fun to find new exciting sponsors for our show because we have a time machine we have to pay for with the time chicken and everything. So uh, we got some new sponsors that I'd like to talk about. One in particular is uh, the new one we got, it's called uh, Cinema Psyops Vacuuming Service. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Cinema PsyOps vacuum. I,
3: I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just uh, th- you use your own motto there. Uh, basically, if it sucks, it's Cinema PsyOps. That's what I was going to go oh, with. Oh, damn it. Or you could say, you know, if your floors are dirty, uh, th- they're not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they like it dirty. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, we're over uh, all it, that. Any, we're over all that. You're Done. Done. <laughs> Before we move on to our break time here, we're going to do a little new segment that uh, the fans have kind of requested for us to do because a lot of other shows do it. And it's called uh, What Did You Watch? And we got us a new theme song. Sounds something like this. Pretty kicking.
4: <laughs> yeah, that that was great. All I, right. So, Danny, I want to have just this segment the whole time. Oh, really? I just keep doing that. Okay, yeah. well,
3: we can do that. Uh, so, what'd you watch this week?
4: Oh, you know, I didn't watch anything. Yeah, me either. Huh, okay.
3: All right. So that's it for right. uh, that's it for what did you watch? What did With that being said, folks, we're going to take a little short break. We'll be right back to talk about some Buckaroo Bonsai. Be back in a second, folks.
2: The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Bill Towner, electrician and adventurer. For when your broken light switch leads to an alternate universe. And loyal subjects of
3: Mongo like you.
2: Hail Ming!
1: And now, story time with Christopher Walken.
0: Oh, kids, gather around. We can listen to a fantastic story named Laser Blast Boom Boom Pow Pow. A green-skinned man wanders through the desert with a laser cannon attached to his arm. A spaceship lands and two aliens emerge, one of them who shoots the man, which disintegrates his body. The aliens depart on the spaceship, leaving behind the laser cannon and metallic pendant the man was wearing, like a gold necklace. A boy named Billy wanders into the desert and discovers the laser cannon and pennant. He starts wearing the cannon, pretending to shoot things. Pa-pa-pa-pow, boom-boom, ow, then realize he can fire the weapon while wearing the pendant. Meanwhile, on the alien spacecraft, the two aliens converse with their leader, who shows them footage of Billy using the cannon, prompting the aliens to turn this ship around to head back to Earth. Watch out, Billy! Billy and a girl named Kathy with a K attend a pool party where bad guys Chuck and Froggy attempt to rape Kathy with a K. When Billy discovers them, Billy uses a laser cannon to explode Chuck's car although he washed it. Feeling sick due to an unusual growth on his body, Billy visits Dr. Merlin, who surgically removes a metallic disc from Billy's chest Mellon calls the police laboratory technician Mike London to arrange for the disc to be investigated a green-skinned Billy opens fire on Mellon's car that evening killing him an explosion Billy I don't like cars no he likes trucks that's right kids trucks at night the green-skinned Billy takes his revenge out of the two police deputies for interrogating him about Dr. Mellon's death and kills one of them at a gas station. The next day, Kathy puts the pendant on Billy's chest while they are laying together outside. Billy immediately wakes up with green skin and deformed teeth and attacks Kathy, but she escapes. Run, Kathy, run with Forrest. The two aliens land on Earth and begin searching for Billy. After killing a man and stealing his van my, my bad, it was van, not truck. Billy travels into a city and goes on a rampage shooting random objects with laser cannon and fires at surroundings. Take that trash can! Take that tree! Take that bench I set on last week! The aliens spot Billy from atop a building and shoot him, which kills Billy and destroys the laser cannon. The aliens depart in the spaceship, and Kathy, with a K, cries over Billy's corpse. Oh man, tough love.
3: All right, everybody, welcome back. So yeah, we're going to talk about the 1980 The 1984 movie. Four. <laughs> yeah, I had to find it. The 1984 movie. <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai Across the 8th Dimension. In case you like long titles to movies. They had to differentiate it
4: differentiated from that non-existent sequel.
3: Right. <laughs> Uh, to make you think that it's an ongoing thing i guess so uh but yeah to do that like i said uh about to jump into the time machine and we do have official sponsors for the time machine actually these sponsors are found found by fans of the show i really like that because that means they have to do the work and we don't have to
4: (laughs) yeah i mean anytime you have a sponsor that's just willing to throw money at stuff you send them our way
3: that's right. So first up, R.J. McCready said uh, he found one for us, and the company's called uh, the Curl Up and Die Hair and so- Nail Salon, uh, and their motto is "It's sheer heaven." <laughs> Curl up and die. It's
4: sheer heaven. There's a there's a double meaning in that.
3: Right. <laughs> and uh, and our buddy the witch, uh, he sent us one as well. It's called the WTF Rock and Sand. <laughs> WTF rock and Sand, which their motto is, uh, let us drop a load in your driveway. <laughs> I
4: imagine that gets a lot of play over there in Australia.
3: Yes, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I got some and sand for you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Not All really, right. but thanks. Right. <laughs> so you know what that means? It's time to straddle. Straddle. It's time to saddle up, and let's jump into the time machine. <laughs> Hold on to your boots.
4: Going back in time never felt so good.
3: Hey, look, John, let go. He's on the wing of the plane. <laughs> uh. Here we are, nineteen eighty four. I think we've been here before, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, we've been in 1984. I'm sure I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. I, I at least have been here once before when I was 10.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Buckaroo Banzai, man. This is going to be a good one. And apparently this movie, uh, the whole idea of it has been around a long, long time, even before the movie's made. Because we've got uh, a news announcer from the 1950s giving us a synopsis for it. So let's check this out. Good evening and
4: welcome to another synopsis brought to you by old-timey newsreels. Brain surgeon, rock musician, adventurer Buckaroo Banzai is a modern renaissance man and has made scientific history. Gifting the oscillation over thruster into warp speed, he's the first man to travel through the eighth dimension and come back sane. But when his
1: sworn enemy, the demented Dr. Emilio Lizardo, devises a plot to steal the device and bring an evil army back to destroy Earth, Buckaroo goes cranium to cranium
3: with the madman in a battle that could spell doom for the universe. With the help of his uniquely qualified team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, Buckaroo is ready to save the world on a
4: moment's notice. If you ask me, that's completely and utterly nonsense. It made no sense at all. Just like the fact that Ricky of Hail Ming got away with brewing with our episode by inserting a fake trailer into our show right after we released the MP3. The Cinema PsyOps will not let that stand. And what did you say? Nutsack? Right back at you, guys. You suck. Let's go. Well, how did how did that get in there? Uh, I really, I thought we were gonna bury the hatchet with these guys, but you know
3: they they want to keep it going, huh? Well, I forgot to what tell did you, you that I, I actually did I snuck into their lab and I messed with their show too. So I guess he found out that I did that and traced it back to here. I guess. Be the bigger man. And, uh, I, didn't you just say well, that to all I, the listeners? I was being, I, I thought that was being the bigger man at the time.
4: Uh, well, when you, just in the future, just make sure Brian, Brian Blessed, you know, lets everybody know when you're going to lie. Oh,
3: okay. Including me. All right. Yeah. All right. I, if, if, uh, I did, I, I snuck in and I knew that they were covering a movie called It's, Fo- It Follows. And I kind of, I kind of tinkered with their, uh, with their, uh, Movie trailer. <laughs> well, you know, you know, they started it anyway. Yes, so. they did. That's it. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, that's, they they sent us a
4: voicemail. You you met with one. It should have been even at that point, right?
3: Right. Well, and now
4: that now they're back on. Now right. that scores back on. I got my abacus right here, and it looks like the the score is tilting again. All right, then. All right. If yeah. That's the way they want to play it. That's right. So uh,
3: you've been. That's what the they want to play it. You've been warned. Look, watch over your shoulder. Anyways, court. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get back into it. Buckaroo Banzai, 1984. Danny, why did we watch it?
4: Man, there, there are copious amounts to of reasons to watch this movie. And I know I just used the word corp... Corp... Uh. Corp... Corpious? <laughs> I just used the, the, the words copious amounts of reasons. And it could not be any less true if I mutilated that phrase anymore today but i'm going to give you my first reason my top reason as usual when this guy shows up is clancy brown man
3: i I, man i I just knew that was going to be your answer
4: clancy brown he, he plays rawhide um buckaroo's right hand man and about halfway through the movie i said to myself i want to be rawhide of all the cool guys in this movie, he is the coolest. And then after you know about two thirds of the way through the movie, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to be Rawhide. But, um, <laughs> right. but you know, he's just—he's he's super cool. He's—he's he's laid back. He's in control, and he's Clancy Brown, and that's a—that's a, a foursome. That's a foursome that's hard to meddle with.
3: Yeah, yeah totally agree. Uh, even when uh, the beginning of this, when when uh, Bukru doing his experiment, who's the coolest guy that's hanging out? Clancy Brown. He's just sitting there chilling. That's, that's Everybody else is getting excited and getting nervous about everything, and he's just like chilling. So yeah, he's a he's a great okay. character.
4: Well, he's he's in the he's in the other room when when Buckaroo's doing brain surgery, talking to some <laughs> guy about about the brain surgery that Buckaroo's uh, performing. You know, it's he just knows everything. He's in control. He's he's super laid back. He's Clancy Brown.
3: That's right. Yeah, look. Love it. So yeah, you, you did hear him right. Uh, he's hanging out while Buckaroo is performing brain surgery. There's nothing mm-hmm. that Buckaroo cannot do. That's that's what's pretty interesting about this character, uh, and we'll get into some of that as we go along. But for me, the no one reason for me, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go with John Lithgow, man. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk over yeah. over the top crazy bad guy, uh, Emilio Lizardo, the character he's playing. It's just, it's so awesome. Such an awesome character. Uh, ridiculous. Chewing up the scenery. It's it's Lithgow. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. He is, he is
4: Dr. Emilio Lazardo, And then uh, after a an ill-fated uh, uh, lab attempt to do the same experiment that uh, Buckaroo succeeds doing later, he ends up in the 8th Dimension just halfway. And somebody gets into his brain. And he's also John Warfin, kind right. of the... Uh, the Hitler of the uh, of the aliens in the eighth dimension, and you know, so he's he's been kind of plotting his his revenge and return to his uh, his dimension to take over there. And as both of these characters, you know, like but before that, he's like drinking wine with his associates, and and I love that whole sequence because yeah. you know, and he's he's going to perform this experiment, and it, one of the guys is like, wait, no, it's it's not ready, it's not ready, and he's just ignoring that guy, <laughs> you know, it's like. Gets in the thing, straps in, puts on the goggles, and says, wait, it's not ready. It's not ready. <laughs> he has to run back and try and make it ready real fast, and of course, it, it, it fails on him. But that whole setup is just hilarious. It's like something—it it could almost be a silent movie. It's right. so over the top, he, you know. He
3: is. He, I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's downright ridiculous what this character is. But you can kind of say that about this whole movie. So we're gonna do a. Failed attempt to even try to explain what this movie is. If if you're not familiar with this movie, you've got a a rock and roll band, scientist, brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that has a team that works for him, and one minute he can be playing a gig, next minute he's doing brain surgery, next minute he's you know driving a car that that drives through different dimensions and you know finds aliens. <laughs> right.
4: I think that, and, and you know, uh, you know, a lot of times our synopsis for the movie is fake. You know, it's it's a uh, Corey Feldman and his angels, you know, trying to take down warlords in Afghanistan or whatever. Huh. We, we make that stuff up. That'd be but, awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> but this previous, <laughs> but this previous uh, uh, up until the end, where Court ruined it, uh, that that, that uh, synopsis was actually what the movie's about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounded ridiculous. Every bit as ridiculous as something we make up, but it wasn't. It's are right. It's,
3: well, I guess we should have known then when he was, you know, when the announcer was telling the truth that something was up.
4: <laughs> that's a good point.
3: So, yeah, uh, there's no way to really tell you everything that happens in this movie. So uh, with that, we'll just kind of let you go with it. You can check it out. But mine's John Lithgow is my reason. Uh one of my favorite lines that he, had, that he delivers is uh, Laugh what you can, monkey boy
4: <laughs> Yeah, they call everybody monkey boy They're, they're aliens from the 8th dimension And they don't look like us And, and so It seems like it's kind of a, um, An inside joke uh, right. And an insult that, uh, that, that they call all human beings monkey boy right. well, I'm going to say that, that a, Another reason to watch the movie Is Swiss Army walkie-talkies
3: <laughs> Yes
4: so, Rawhide's got one, and, and Buckaroo's got another, and, and, and Buckaroo has has absconded with somebody's motorcycle. I'm not even going to try and keep this thing in any kind of order. We'll talk about things that happen in the movie. You don't really need to have them in sequence. You just got to know that the overthruster that Buckaroo has is uh, what the aliens need to get back to their dimension, so they're all after it. And... Um, it, and the aliens chase them and get it and lose it and then they have to chase them before the aliens get back or the other aliens will destroy the world I mean all of this is in there but what you need to know is that Buckaroo and Rawhide have these Swiss Army knives with little antennas that are popped out of them and they're talking to each other on them because they're Swiss Army walkie talkies and
2: <laughs>
4: it's, it's, so, it's so great
3: it's just so great my next thing is just kind of a mixed bag of things but uh, you know, what do you do after you've just done brain surgery that other brain doctors couldn't figure out? Then you go drive your truck through a mountainside. Then you come out the other side. How do you celebrate? You go play a, a rock and roll gig at a bar. Hell yeah. So the I mean, Hong Kong Cavaliers <laughs> get on stage and they're playing. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy 80s bar with all the Dion lights, and they're partying down, electronic drums. You know, very hip for the time. And uh, out of nowhere, Buckaroo Banzai, who is Peter Weller, in case you don't know. Uh, he's sure. burning, burning, burning a up job. a guitar, and after he gets through burning up the guitar, what does he do? Plays a trumpet. He, he calls it. <laughs>
4: I thought you were going to say that I don't know where he stops everybody so that he can. uh Well,
3: that's next. Somebody in the- Somebody's not having yeah. a good time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it, 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 it almost seems like he stops the whole band. They're like, "Well, what? And he, Somebody's out there is not having a good time." And you think it might be a rally, you know? Oh, I'm having a good time yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, he's, he's really there's one person in the bar not having a good time, and and he, he zeroes <laughs> in on her. And I'm gonna say I, I love it because you know she's crying. It's a. Uh, it's Ellen Barkin as yeah. uh, as Penny Pretty, Penny Pretty,
3: yeah.
4: and she's um she's crying and he oh what's wrong, Well, what's your name? She says Penny Pretty, and then he's <laughs> like well I, I I can and then he gets her name wrong. Right, and he's like, well, let <laughs> me tell you, Penny. Like, Life can be. Done. She's like it's <laughs> <he's> Penny.
3: Like, <laughs> 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 then he even sits down and, then, and, then, and he sits at the piano and he starts like you know and he and he, of course he quotes the line that I use all the time no matter where you go. There you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. And he said, "I want to dedicate this next song out to Peggy." <laughs> <laughs> it's Peggy. <laughs>
4: the, the fact that this guy's so perfect just makes that so much funnier because you know it's. <laughs> it must be that he doesn't care.
3: I don't. Right. It, I think but that's it's the um, truth of it. He just, he just doesn't care.
4: <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! I, I agree, 100. percent I was. I'm going to say that here. Here's something to watch for, and it could be a reason. So they're doing this this uh, this test on the supercar that that uh, Buckaroo Bonzai is going to do. The military's there, and they're saying, "Oh, it's ridiculous! This car can't do what they say it can do." And he's doing the test, and and, uh, and he veers off the course, and they're like, "What's he doing?" He's like, "Phase two of the test." And they're like, "What? There's a phase two that the the Secretary of Defense is there, you know, and he's he's in the dark about what Buckaroo can do because Buckaroo is so awesome that he doesn't have to tell anybody, and. Uh, and his his father, you know, uh, Professor Hakata, he unveils the overthruster button. Right. That's like hidden under a handkerchief on the on the dash. And I I got down into my list like, yeah, just just throw a handkerchief over that that button. Nobody'll notice it there. <laughs> it's like he, he unveils it and then he pushes it and then of course, uh, you know, Buckaroo goes into the eighth dimension because the car is has got the overthruster. Um, but, you know, it's just so camp, you know, it's so ridiculous that he's he's doing this test and and there's this button under a under a, a handkerchief on the uh, on the console. Right. love
3: it. And that's the thing about this movie. I, I guess I would always assumed in my head that this was based off of a comic of some sort. And apparently it's, it's not. I mean, but it feels so comic bookish. You know, yeah, I know they did. It's- they did variations. You know, made a comic later on, but it really seems like this movie would have stemmed from something like that because it just feels like it.
4: Well, and it's got this kind of built-in mythology. It's like you know, at, when he steals that motorcycle, he you know the, the guy that he, that's there when he steals it. He says, "That's Buckaroo Banzai!" Right? Like they, they wanted to just say, you know, we know you've never seen this guy. Maybe there's a book. Ultimately, they just wanted to say, you know, yeah, he's he's got. A successful rock band. He's he's a genius. He's done all these things, but he's he's bored and always hungry for more. He's got a comic book. He's got a superhero team, and they they've just built this mythology and they just kind of rolled it all into this one movie, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of accept you know you got to accept that it has there you know that it exists because they they tell you.
3: <laughs> and coming out of that, another reason it feels like a comic book, and my next reason. Is just seeing Jeff Goldblum dressed up in a cowboy outfit.
4: Oh my god! <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I was looking into stuff on this because I, I remembered it vaguely. I remembered uh, the, the the John Big Boote thing, right. and I remembered uh, J- John Lithgow and, and uh, Christopher Lloyd, and all that. And, I, and then I saw Jeff Goldblum in that cowboy outfit. And we're not even talking. <laughs> we're not talking about like he's dressed like a cowboy. No. We're talking about he's wearing like the the the, uh, the Cavalry shirt that, that has the double-breasted snaps and right. he's got a big bandana around his neck and he's wearing chaps that are like sheepskin with the wool on them <laughs> and a big old white hat.
3: I mean, it looks like your stereotypical cowboy from the 50s that would pop up on a TV show or something, you know. And uh, so it, it doesn't look anything like a real cowboy, but... <laughs> And <laughs> and he's perfect in it too because he looks just ridiculous in it.
4: Oh, uh, and Jeff Goldblum, man. I mean, yeah. he just, and, and he's another brain surgeon. At the beginning, he's introduced, and and uh, and Buckaroo tells him after he he bails him out of a failed brain surgery attempt where he, you know, Jeff Goldblum went too deep and was scared that he was gonna mess something up. He says, hey. You gonna join the group? He's you like, wanna be in the band? Have an opening? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you sing? I, I can dance.
3: <laughs> it's, it's just...
4: <laughs> and then he shows up wearing this cowboy outfit. Because I, I think if I was hanging out with Buck Rubanza, I wouldn't know what to wear right? either.
3: Well, he's looking at the when name you... Hong Kong Cavaliers. I mean, you know, why not dress like a cowboy, I guess. Exactly. It makes perfect sense. And then <laughs> but... And, and of course, a uh, perfect Tommy
4: uh, over here. Yeah, I, I point out you know when he shows up to meet Jeff Goldblum, he's wearing a jacket and a shirt that match. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying they match as in like they don't clash in color. I mean like the jacket's plaid, the shirt's plaid. So it's like you don't know where one of them ends and the other one begins. Right. He's perfect Tommy, man. And he's perfect Tommy, and I, I like that guy. Like. I, uh, it was because of that and, and maybe the end where the, the credits are playing people that I have to I'm going to give a spotlight out and I don't know that I've, I've never done this before but the costume designer her name is Aggie Rogers and she did this and Beetlejuice and Return of the Jedi so you know think about that bikini that everybody always points out that's Aggie Rogers and she designed you know she worked for other you know, regular things like the Fugitive and uh, the Color Purple and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I, I just had to look her up because I was like, "Man, who did the costumes? Who did all these 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 wardrobe choices?" And her name is Aggie Rogers. She's been in there forever, and she's well renowned. And uh, I just, I, I said, you know, she deserves some credit. Sure, There's
3: some iconic movies, man.
4: Uh, absolutely, and you know, I, if you see a picture of the Hong Kong Cavaliers and how they dress, I mean, that's she should have that on the front page of her resume.
3: <laughs> Maybe so. I think
4: I think your credit, Aggie Rogers, comes up right as you're you're seeing some guy walk in that that last walking sequence, and he's wearing ninja toe shoes. Right. It's like costumes <laughs> by oh yeah, this guy you don't see the whole movie he's wearing ninja toe shoes. Of course, <laughs> it, it's, it makes perfect sense.
3: Uh, what you what you got next, man? Oh well, okay,
4: I'm talking a lot. That's all right. Um, coming up next, Ellen Barkin, man. I have to agree. I've always liked Ellen Barkin. Mm-hmm. I think she's very uniquely beautiful. And uh, she is just incredibly sexy in this
3: movie. I, I can't disagree. I, I, so, I, this is probably the first time I saw her was in this movie that I can recall. Yeah. And,
4: uh, yeah, Maybe the first time I saw her was in Switch. I mean, I, I saw this before I saw Switch. But, yeah, she's a reason for sure. I mean, oh, she yeah. plays Penny Pretty. Uh, she is a, a dead ringer for his uh, his wife that is not there.
3: Yeah, Buckaroo's wife. For
4: some reason, they, did she die? I, I don't know. that They ever say exactly what happened.
3: I think that's what he says. I think that's basically what he says.
4: <laughs> there are a couple of times where people say, "Oh, it's Mary." No, it can't be, you know. And so it made me wonder if yeah, you know, she was just gone or not, because like, well, but yeah, I mean, she's a a a missing twin of his of his lost wife. And so immediately he feels this connection. She's also she's also the one that he gets her name wrong when he yeah sings to her. But uh, he doesn't call goes. her his.
3: Butt. This next song goes out to Peggy. <laughs> Baby, it's great.
4: Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ellen Barkin as Penny Pretty. It's awesome.
3: Uh, just bringing all these names out. The next thing I had on my list is it's just basically a who's who's of '80s greatness. I mean, you brought up some names when I go. You got got Peter Weller, you got Clancy Brown, Helen Barkin, all your bad guys. I mean, John Lithgow, Uh, Vincent Chevalier. I mean, everybody in this is somebody. Dan Dan Hedaya is in it, man. Right. El El Presidente himself. (laughs) So, I mean, this movie's got... Everybody in it, and unless you're really looking for it, you don't, it's not like a showcase of them, they're just playing these characters, and it's so easy to forget that that's you know who these people are in this movie, and that's just a sign of, of the greatness of, of the people they put in these roles. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a who's who, man, it's got everybody in it. Tied into yeah. that, all of your bad guys <laughs> are named John. <laughs> John Big Boote, all these other names that come up. But there's a scene where they pull up all the names (laughs) that belong in this group. And I actually paused it just to get some of them. There's some... John Many Jars. Exactly. It's the first one I've got. John Many Jars. (laughs) John Little John. I mean, (laughs) there's all these (laughs) stupid names on there, man. John Smallberries. John Smallberries. (laughs) So, yeah. My next reason is the Johns.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree it's 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 another one of those weird things it's hard to keep in line when you're talking about this movie and i know i've been jumping all over the place but you're just gonna have to watch it to believe it and and yeah there's a scene where they're they're kind of investigating the bad guys and trying to figure out what's going on with yo-yo dying propulsions which is the uh the, the firm that you know that, that is turning out to be the source of all the uh enemy goings on and they end up looking at all these people who uh, applied for Social Security cards at the same time their names all start with John
3: <laughs> their last names are all crazy yeah it's a great scene man it's it's you know just the fact of everybody would name be named John and the fact that like you said they pull up these records and they're looking at all of them it's a ridiculous scene but I love it I've got a lot
4: of really weird little nuances that that I've got as reasons to watch it, or things to look out for. Maybe, maybe I'll just say overall, the reason to watch this movie is because it's amazing.
3: Well, there you go.
4: And and it's got it's got great actors, and the plot is kind of incoherent, but lots of fun. But there are all these little things in it that that prove that, that somebody just had a master plan. You know, it, it doesn't look like anything was left to chance. Everything's very deliberate.
3: It's funny that you say that because you're exactly right. You kind of give a pass to the plot because you're like, yeah, this thing's so far out there, it doesn't even really matter. Just enjoy it. And I don't think anybody ever really gets hung up on the craziness of what's going on. You're enjoying it because it moves at a fast pace. There's always something weird going on. You're trying to figure it out. So trying to stick to a, a solid plot doesn't really matter yeah yeah just just watch it for the spectacle yeah and you know that being said that the special effects
4: at the end of it are are not the best and they're not the worst and they're they're kind of what i remember as being a kid oh spaceships you know right but that's the part that you just need to, to get past because so much uh, so much of the movie up until that is just so amazing right you know, like one of the things they, they've got penny pretty and uh and they're they're interrogating her you know they're gonna put honey on her and let these ants you know <laughs> chew on her skin and, and they're, they're they're reveling and they're about to do this but in the background there's a portrait of an alien and an alien kid like on the on the door yep
3: <laughs>
4: like it, it's like somebody's family photo and it's like a walleye picture like it's, it's real weird around the edges and, and it, like real big in the middle and it's like what is that <laughs> what is that you know it's little stuff like that, like like um, you know. And, and uh, speaking of portraits, there's a portrait of of uh, of Emilio Lazardo and his mom next to his bed at the um, right. at the asylum. Yeah, you know, just these next to his his stack of of, of trade paperback books in his sty of a of a room. There, it's just
3: where, where, where he's shocking himself.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they take away his TV. He's it's uh, just bizarre, using too much electricity.
3: <laughs> I actually had it yeah. on my notes too. You you brought it up, but I had, I had honey roasted Ellen Barkin. <laughs> yeah,
4: but I mean, it's it's all these little things. It's hard to say. Well, and this is why they're they're just there.
3: Yeah, and, and I'll give you one of those prime examples right here. My reason to watch this movie: bubble wrap glasses.
4: <laughs> bubble wrap glasses. Yeah, that's the only way you can see the transmission from the. Black aliens,
3: yeah. The black electroids, so they got red electroids and black electroids, and they kind of hate each other. They're in a civil war that's what's going on in this other dimension, and that's why they're coming back here, I guess, to, to get their commander to come back and help defeat one side or the other. But, uh, yeah, man, bubble wrap glasses,
4: bubble wrap glasses. I agree. The um, the black electroids, you know, they send down that uh transmission, and everybody's got to wear the bubble wrap glasses in order to see it. Yep, and uh, and they're they're bubble wrap, man. <laughs> Stuff around the back
3: of your head. Yeah, you look at sure. it. And you think, was, was that supposed to be something something that people just didn't know what it was back then? No, man, it's it's bubble wrap. So since
4: we, we since we brought up the black and red aliens, I've got a you know w- one of the reasons to watch is it, when you get to yo yo Dine where yep. where all the. Uh, the aliens are hanging out and, and the red aliens are all super lazy and they like to eat Fritos, apparently, because there's Fritos everywhere. <laughs> um, and, uh, and John Lithgow, as is, is John Warfin is, uh, is giving them all a pep talk.
3: Oh, man, that's the best. <laughs>
4: and yeah, I know the, the, the line where they say, Yo, when are we going to get back? Real soon! Very that's soon. the line everybody knows. But, but right before that, he says, <laughs> blacks are on this planet, here in New Jersey, here to destroy us. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't say black electroids, it's just blacks uh, and i was i was looking it was like oh man just oh goodness it's but that
3: was the best he's like where are we going planet Ten. where do we want to go real soon <laughs> I love this is another reason I have it's just the fact if you get a, a, you get some shots of what it's like on planet 10 and you get the <laughs> where they're sitting in the real tall chairs and the real tall tables are just up in the air and they're just sitting there like playing chess or something
4: yeah like just just multiple sets of chairs with tables and every one of them just has two people or two electroids there
3: yeah so just weird, oddball stuff Visually, it pulls you in. Story-wise, it doesn't really matter because visually, you're seeing something you've never seen before.
4: I'm going to say a reason to say this, and I think this is masterfully done, is right after the Secretary of Defense uh, has the Foreigner Shrouded in Mystery speech, <laughs> one of the, uh, the president's advisors comes in, and it's Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not hiding an accent or anything. It's like, all these foreigners shrouded in mystery. I uh, think that Buckaroo Bonsai's men are a, are a liability to our, our future success. Oh, oh! here comes your advisor. And it's Yakov Smirnov, probably right. the most 80s <laughs> Russian ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a country. <laughs> And to think about I've that, done. you can't even have a regular president in this movie. I mean, dudes in traction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just the weirdest stuff, man. I mean, but it, it works so great. You're like, you don't look at it and go, "What the heck is this?" You just kind of go, "Okay." I mean, uh, just the way the aliens look. You, you got Rasta aliens running around with dreadlocks. I mean, it's just <laughs> there's there's no way to really question what's going on it should completely fail and it probably had trouble during release because obviously people didn't know what this thing was it's just one of those movies and i think it gets better with age it reminded me a lot of john dies at the end yes like kind of the same
4: like we're just gonna throw this stuff at you and we're not gonna bother to try and bring you into the story we're just gonna say here's the story yeah, you either like it or you don't. Right,
3: and I think a lot of people probably just didn't like it and they didn't care. Yeah, just couldn't really. It's not a Star Wars shoot 'em up kind of, you know, science fiction. Right. It's and, it's,
4: and, and the plot is simple enough. Like as far as you know, you, you've got the MacGuffin device in the in the overthruster, and right. you've got an enemy in in, uh, in John Worfin, and you've got a hero in Buckaroo, and he's got a team, and but they decided to add all these weird little things from beginning to end, so. it's a great movie but it's hard to talk about
3: right I mean you got the scene that's inside the alien ship when it's coming in it looks just like you know the video for dancing on the ceiling with Lima Richie because you got one (laughs) that's walking across the top while the other one's driving facing you and so they're they're pulling out all the stops and just trying to show you something different and that's that's why it fits on hell me cuz that's something we always talk about. A lot of movies are probably not the best, but at least you saw something in there that you didn't really see anywhere else. This movie is full of that stuff.
4: So we've got you the plot, you know, at the end good succeeds. Uh Penny Pretty is is uh, rescued, you know, the John Wharfin is destroyed. Yeah. But on the way there, man, that's that's the ride. Yeah. On the way there, like Another reason I could say is, you know, Penny Pretty's torture. Like, not that it's a lot of fun, but it's just crazy. You know, they put insects on her. Not that they show it, but, you know, that's the intimation. And then at the end, they're going to put a big slug. Uh, it's going to kill her. And, uh,
3: <laughs> and it's I mean, it's and, just a slug. I mean, it takes forever for it to get there. So it's just like, well, right. why don't you pick something that to, that you can set at the end of this rail, and it's going to take, you know, 45 minutes <laughs> for well, and, and, it to get there, and, you know.
4: And John Big Boute, or you know, he, uh, which is Christopher Lloyd, he, he says, "Come on, let's go." And and uh, and Vincent Chevalier, who's John O'Connor, says, "But I thought we could kill her." And he's, "No, let's go." And before he goes, he he prods the slug so that it'll start going toward her mouth.
3: Right.
4: And that's and and then you know you think, well, you know, while they're doing other stuff, they'll show the slug get closer and closer. They show it once, Yep. and then. And then uh, Buckaroo Banzai comes around the corner and you know, like <laughs> and grabs it and throws it across the room that's and, it. I mean, and just like that. And that's it, like <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, well oh, okay.
3: I guess It's not like if he touched it it would, you know, it, poison him or something. <laughs> so it's like what would this slug even do I think if even, he does to her? <laughs> I,
4: I think even even uh, Jeff Goldblum's there with him, you know, or New Jersey, right? And he's, yeah. he says uh he says, Don't touch don't touch it <laughs> like <laughs> you don't even know about that thing. Yeah. Um, it, I guess it didn't matter. Like he, I thought it was going to be one of those like sawmill things, you know, somebody's right. tied to the to the log, you know, and the, this the saw is slowly sawing through the middle of the log, and then they're going to switch it off and turn it back on, and get, you know. But no, it really he just came around the corner and stopped it.
3: <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I really think it's a it's a fun film. Uh, uh, I enjoy revisiting it. I think I had the same outlook on it as a, as a kid, and that's probably why it didn't stick with me as well, but I watched it again, I don't know, several years ago, and I was like, you know what? This movie's actually really good. And uh, So I'm glad that, that you checked it out and yeah. felt the same way. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's it's full of reasons to
4: watch it, but part of the enjoyment of the movie is going to be not necessarily looking for the things we tell you to look for, but finding the things that are hidden there. Right. It's like a, it's like one of those great big highlights uh, illustrations that have like you know a banana in the tree and and a, an upside down bird on the flo- in the flower patch, and you know, you're just going, wait, wait, did I just see that? You know, like right. yeah, you're. Always and I know i on gonna...
3: other things. Yeah, it's it's again way too much stuff to cram into just one episode we could go watch it right now we would come back with more stuff that we didn't see so
4: (laughs) when it's got so much swagger you know i I think ultimately it's just done with so much swagger yeah it's like i don't care that you don't get it i don't care that these characters are are all wearing ridiculous costumes i don't care about any of this it just it just throws it in front of you and says watch this movie you know and and I, i think that's that might be why it failed but it certainly should be why it succeeded I got one more reason, and then I'm kind of out of reasons. I mean, I've talked about them all as we go. Okay. My, my last reason is the speaker at the Yo-Yo Dine Company. Yes. That tells everybody what to do. You know, it says things like "nose to the grindstone." Like, <laughs> it's great because it just says random crap to everybody as, as as if you know, it's not like back to work all the time. It just says random things, and and it continues when John Warpin gets into his ship. It's still telling him, it's like, you need to bank now. Right? It's still yelling at him to do stuff. And I love that speaker because it's just, it's another really weird, like, element of the movie. Like, it's got some kind of life coach speaker system.
3: Well, it's kind of like uh, the whole idea of They Live. It's kind of that thing. It's got, uh, you know, uh, subconscious things that you should be doing. Almost kind of a 1984 kind of thing going on. They threw that in there, pretty witty, I think, as far as the way they <laughs> lay these things in there. Because really, it shouldn't work.
4: <laughs> well, and at one one point, the speaker the speaker says there are monkey boys in the facility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's just
3: weird. It, and the it, whole was, movie's weird. And yeah, it, and no then coming out, out of that. Uh, <clears throat> I wish. um, what I'm going to do is when we go to the end of this I'm actually going to play out the the music at the end of the movie because I think the music at the end is just fantastic and you just kind of get a a last glance of the the Hong Kong Cavaliers walking together and like you said it brings up all the credits at the end but the the music is just gold Uh, oh yeah and and the images of of them like assembling as the team, like right. I said, it's got so
4: much swagger. They don't care, they, you know. They don't. You don't care that that Buckaroo's wearing a bow tie and and that and that uh, New Jersey's wearing his cowboy outfit. You just got to accept it at this point because they got so much.
3: You don't even ass. care that Clancy Brown's been <laughs> walking with him after he was killed earlier. I mean, no. <laughs> So I mean, that's the beauty of it, man. And then, uh, of course, you at believe. the end of that, you see a, a a moniker pop up at the end that basically says next episode will be Buckaroo Banzai against the World Crime League. So it was like setting up for a sequel, and we never got that sequel. And there's talk of that even going on today.
4: Yeah, yeah. In, in research, I noticed that Kevin Smith was uh, talking about you know, trying to, to get it resurrected as a, as a TV show, and You know, I don't think it would fly in the face of this. I don't think it would be insulting. I think it was the idea of the people writing it in the first place that it would be continued. So as long as it's done with
3: some respect, I think it it would be a good idea. Yeah. All right. That brings us up to... Top five lines. Top five lines. lines. Top five lines. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Top five lines. Have you got any?
4: Yeah, I've got more than five. uh, But, you know, we'll see what you got um i've got three my top line is from uh, general catbird oh. who, who's talking to the president and he says i'm a soldier a damn good one i've got enough decorations to snap a christmas tree all i'm trying to say is and i hope i speak for everyone in this room <laughs> and i hope i speak for everyone in this room is that i'm scared in fact, I'm barely holding my fudge right now.
3: Yeah, I've got the exact same one on my list. Oh, man. That general is incredible.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's the. Oh, man.
3: I'm barely holding my fudge right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's the uh, best line. I mean, it, it's hard to beat that one. Uh, so I have to do my follow up, <laughs> which is when John right? Parker, which is one of the aliens, one of the good aliens, is <laughs> riding on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, you know, he, he looks like Eddie Grant. He's got the long dreads, <laughs> but he's wearing like this sharp skin looking jacket, but he's riding on a bicycle. And some some dude and his girlfriend are making out on, on a pinto on the side of the road. <laughs> and John Parker drives by, and this guy goes, Hey, man, nice jacket. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 All right, um,
3: that's a real line. It's in there, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, you know that guy yells several things at at, at John Parker, but it is' just like he keeps trolling him as he rolls by um i so I've got a rawhide sitting in the other room while while uh while Buckaroo and New Jersey are doing the brain surgery, and like i said he he explains to the guy in there he says he's putting in a microphone so he can uh directly contact and and you know operate things through his brain. And the guy says, oh, like, raise my left arm? He says, or throw that harpoon. <laughs> People come from from all over. This boy's an Eskimo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, how dare you say something simple, like move your right, right arm? Is like, obviously, this guy's an Eskimo, so he might be throwing a harpoon. How dare you
3: be so insensitive? <laughs> it's, oh, it's
4: crazy. Oh.
3: And again, I mean, the, the, the Buckaroo Banzai quote of, you know, wherever you go, there you are. I mean... That's just yeah. classic. I, I've used it all these years, and we'll continue to use it. I love it. Uh, all right. I've, it looks like some of
4: my lines I've already touched on. So I, I've just got this line. Uh, Buckaroo is saving his uh, professor Hikata, his his father, from the crate where the aliens have him, and right. and he's a uh, he's written down, you know, this this formula that, that came to him in a vision. <laughs> um, and he shows it to him. He says, "Look at this. What is this?" And Professor Hakata says, It's your hand, buckaroo.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got it wrote on his hand. And he goes, Holds his hand up. What is it? And in order to copy give him a copy of it, he just smacks him on the head and it and he, yeah, he licks his hand
4: and smacks it to his forehead. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah! Uh, mind you, Good this stuff. is the guy that broke the time barrier, the dimension didn't barrier, and did brain surgery a while ago, and this is how he's transferring information. And Which brings up my last line, is where uh, Buckaroo Banzai says to Clancy Brown, he looks at him and says, uh, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was this movie. Uh, yeah, maybe it, yeah, I think so. I know, maybe it wouldn't. <laughs> Big bootay, tay! We're going to need a bigger bootay. <laughs> <Okay>.
4: <laughs> yeah, And, of course, you know, John, Christopher Lloyd, and you've heard this a million times from somewhere or another, is that you know he, he's, he's John Big Bootay. And everybody says, Big Booty, Big come booty. over here. He's Big Bootay, tay! <laughs> and I, I do have a line from him, actually. He's talking to John O'Connor. They're going to break into a car, and he says, uh, John O'Connor, smash that window! <laughs> and John O'Connor, you know, Vincent Chevalier, says... Why me, Big Bootay? He says, "It might be booby trapped."
3: <laughs> right, I do remember that. <laughs>
4: like, why don't you smash it? It's like, well, because I might get hurt. <laughs> so you do it. <laughs> I also have to say that a reason to watch this movie is all the neck breaking. Oh yes, well, like like anytime you got a character that's really pretty much outlived their purpose in the plot. One of the aliens or one of the good guys is just going to grab him in <laughs> in that eighties <80s> neck break that <laughs> instantly kills, and it, it's amazing.
3: And, and you have to do just a quick shout-out to the whole news conference they have, too, and they're all at the table. And he's got <laughs> yeah. the little alien right there in the jar that, that was on the, on the the bottom frame of his car when he went through the dimension and all that stuff. That whole scene is just great. <laughs> and he's like, if
4: I didn't go through dimensions, then how did I get this? It's alive, and it's from the other dimension. It's like, but you didn't really prove anything, but there's the – and everybody's like, oh, ooh.
3: Yeah, it's great. it's Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> All right, that brings us up to. Rating time, time, time. Rating time. What do you give it, big man?
4: Man, I'm gonna have to say that Buckaroo Bonsai gets from me. He gets uh, five visits from the rug suckers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it to. Uh, uh, I've got two things I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it uh, 28 floating presidents and 400 pair of <laughs> bubble ga- bubble wrap glasses.
4: <laughs> 400 pairs, you say? Yes. <laughs> well, what does Brian Blessed think?
3: Let's see. Brian Blessed, what do you think of Buckaroo Bonsai? <laughs> oh, he just gave us a straight up dive. Wow. I think he likes it.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's. When he doesn't have time to tell you all the things he likes about something, that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love you, Bride Blessed. That's right.
3: Alright, folks, we'll be right back.
2: He is a samurai, super scientist, rock star in a bow tie. He makes overachievers feel lazy. Why does this man drive through a mountain? Because he can. He performs brain surgery as an afterthought. He can break the laws of reality and still make it to the club in time to rock the house. He will stop a concert he's performing because one member of the audience isn't completely satisfied. He has a friend named Perfect Tommy who seems flawed next to him. He can translate interstellar messages with nothing but bubble wrap. He found alien life forms. On Earth, and kicked them in the nards. He was able to break an interdimensional alien camouflage technology with a lick and stick tattoo. He outlived an immortal. He found love with a beautiful woman, and then did it again with the long-lost twin sister she never knew she had. He puts the president on hold. He never drove a motorcycle until somebody said he can't ride one. He has a series of sci-fi superhero comic books that are autobiographical. He has a watermelon hooked up to a generator, and won't say why. He spins his guns like Robocop, because he is Robocop. He was born when the 80s wished really, really hard. Buckaroo Banzai is the most interesting man across the 8th dimension. be me, because remember, no matter where you go, there you
1: are. And now, Did You Know, with Mr. Miyagi on the Helming Power Hour. Hi, this Miyagi, and this Did You Know on Helming Power Hour, featuring Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Did you know Jamie Lee curtis son played Buckaroo Mother in flashback, but this scene was cut out. This scene is available on DVD release as optional prequel to theatrical version as a special feature. Jamie Lee curtis son is visible in photo on dashboard of the jet car in widescreen version. Did you know? Between his escape from the insane asylum and his ransom call, the movie's main villain, John Wolfson's son, is not seen for more than 42 straight minutes. That's over 40% of film's runtime. Did you know? Miyagi teach karate, but at that same time keep tidy house. Did you know the jet car shown in film reportedly was a 1982 Ford F-350 pickup included actual Cold War era General Electric turbojet engine that was borrowed from Northrop University in Inglewood, California. I- did you know the end of the movie invites viewers to watch for upcoming feature, Buckaroo Banzai vs. World Crime League. This was real title for sequel that Sherwood Studios planned to make if film was successful. Unfortunately, it was a bomb, and Sherwood Studios went bankrupt. After its release on video and cable, the film became cult favorite, much in the same way as Mad Max. Did you know, ruler number one for Miyagi Family Dojo is karate for self defense only? Ruler number two, first see ruler number one. Did you know, when it came time to film M title secrets, where Buckaroo and pals walk around dry LA aqueduct in step to the music, that music was not ready, composer. Michael Boddicker-san told film crew to use song Uptown Girl by Billy Joe-san as a placeholder because exact same tempo. Those scenes were filmed with Uptown Girl blaring from boombox tied to back of camera truck. You've been listening to Did You Know with Mr. Miyagi on the Helming Power Hour. Did you know Buckaroo Banzai is named after Miyagi family Banzai tree farm? out on Highway 181 just outside of Jersey Turnpike off Exit Ramp 89. Tell him Miyagi sent you.
3: (laughs) All right, that brings us to the close of another episode. Another fantastic episode, I think. We know that we were kind of bouncing all over the place with this movie because that's the kind of way this movie bounces. Um, There's no good way to describe this and go step by step through it. You just have to check it out for yourselves. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. It's it's a unique experience. When you finally just come out of it, you'll say, "Well, that's something I've seen." And that's something that I can forever tell other people. You know, if you think you've seen crazy, well, check this out.
3: And what's weird about it is because you're seeing so much visual stuff, there is a lot of dialogue and it's easy to get lost because of that, but you really have to stay with it. It's not a movie you can throw on and just nonchalantly be checking it out while you're folding clothes, whatever. You actually do have to pay attention, or you will be totally lost. And maybe
4: that was the problem I had with it before, was that I didn't give it the attention it deserved, and and for that reason,
3: it wasn't the movie. It was me. Right. Yeah, man. I I recommend it. I, I think it's a great slice of 80s Americana, I guess, or, or whatever, Planet Tennia. right
4: (laughs) i I mean and just for the cast you know if you if you want to look at it and you're not sure and you need a reason just check out the cast it's got everybody in it yep Yep. that every every excellent supporting actor that you've ever seen in something is going to be in this thing
3: yep and totally agrees yep so yeah man i totally totally think you should check it out So, with that going on, don't forget to check us out as well on all the outlets that we are on. Don't forget Stitcher, Google Play, what they now call, instead of iTunes, they have a specific thing called Apple Podcasts now. Uh, It's still iTunes. They just try to fancy it up, I guess, to give a little bit of separation. But uh, everywhere that you listen to podcasts, we're there. So just click on it. Check out the older shows, SoundCloud, all those good things. And uh, we just want to keep continuing making good shows for you folks. And any comments or movies that you'd like for us to check out, hey, just get, get on our Facebook page. Let us know.
4: Yeah. And, you know, if you don't know how to find our Facebook page, I'm sure that the name of the podcast is is unique enough that if you just start typing it in, anything that we have out there will come up on
3: the wonderful interweb. All right. If you don't have anything else I'm Rick And I'm Danny And we'll catch you guys later So long,
1: suckers
3: Wrong sound
4: (laughs) (laughs) The job requires the right team Are you on the right team At school At work in a pinch having the tools and the talent are a magical combination that can save lives and move mountains when it's time to win that fight you'll want to assemble your very own hong kong cavaliers have at it buckaroo and remember actions speak louder than catchphrases good night everybody